If there is any hard situation in God's earth, that is it. To really passionately love someone and find no response in them. John G. Lake Hello everybody, welcome to Hepzibah Talks A Lot, where we talk a lot. Or I do. There's really no we. Sometimes there is. <laughs> but not today. Um, today I'm going to talk about a revelation that God gave me uh, yesterday. Um... And I've already recorded this podcast before, but I didn't like the result, so I am re-recording it and hoping that I can keep it short and to the point because I definitely rambled a lot. Before I get too far into it, I just want to let you know I did create an email address specifically for my podcast. That way, um, that will be all it's used for, and if anyone emails me, I will see it. The email address is ht, as in Tom, a l dot podcast at gmail.com. So obviously H T A L is where Hefsabah talks a lot. So H T A L dot podcast at gmail.com. So I was gonna do a dash, but I don't like the dashes, so I did a dot instead. Or a period if you want to call it that. But you can now email me there and that should be all that arrives at that email address. And so I can uh, see your comments and ideas and other things more easily that way. So um, I titled this podcast, The Last I Remember. And <clears throat> it's weird to have that title because it may not seem like it really has a lot to do with what I'm actually going to talk about, especially if you consider how I opened this with that quote from the pneumatology book by John G. Lake, who was a pastor. Um, he was born in 1870, and he died in 1935, um, and he is part of the, he's an American leader in the Pentecostal movement, and uh, his book, theology book, which is actually a collection of his sermons, is very interesting. I highly recommend it if you are interested in that kind of thing. You can get it on Amazon.com uh, as a digital book, so it makes it easier. Um, but anyway, uh, I had read that when I was reading the book for my class, and I saved it because it stood out for me. Um, that quote um, that I shared at the beginning um, was from one of his sermons about uh, the love of God. And so, as it said at the beginning, if there is any hard situation in God's earth, that is it, to really passionately love someone and find no response in them. And I'm sure we can all say that we've experienced that in some form. Um, hopefully, we were not the ones not responding. Um, but I'm sure we've all experienced it in some form at some point in our lives if we've, if we've lived any number of years beyond high school. <laughs> um, I, I believe that kids can fall in love in high school. Uh, I think you're discovering yourself more at that point. So I highly recommend waiting till college to date. But I don't um, begrudge people that want to date in high school. That's fine. Do what you got to do. But that's not the point. <laughs> I ramble. It's what I do. Um, so when I was spending time at Disney yesterday, I was sitting in a restaurant and I was thinking randomly about something and somehow I ended up thinking about a group of people that, uh, really emotionally and spiritually and mentally caused me harm, uh, over nine years ago. And I'm, I was thinking about it and not in the painful 
uh, horrific way that I used to. I've come a long way in forgiving and moving on. But it just kind of popped into my head, and I couldn't understand why it did that. Um, and I honestly can't recall how I even got to that point. But as I was thinking about it, I was thinking about how I still care for these people, and I still love them. And if reconciliation were possible, this side of heaven, I would welcome it. Um, and when I was thinking that, I thought, they never really loved me. Like, they loved me with a very... A loose definition of the word, but um, as we see with that quote about passionately loving a person, there was never that involved on their end. Um, I still think about them on occasion, and I wonder how they're doing. I don't know if they think about me at all, um, except maybe to uh, say what a bad person I was or uh, to talk about how I failed them horribly. So, I want to preface all this with uh, just, I'm not going to explain what happened. Um, when the situation occurred, God was very insistent that I never write it down. Um, I've made references to it vaguely, but I've never written down what happened. And looking back on my life now, which is why I call this the last I remember, is because uh, I don't remember. I don't remember all the details anymore. And I, I really strongly believe that that's why God basically told me not to write it down in anything, not a personal diary, not on my blog, not anywhere that it could be brought back up um, so that I could be free of it ultimately and not have it uh, come back to me in a flood of memories. There are certain things, the most, a lot of the most painful things that I acutely remember, um, but the details, the minutia of it, I really don't remember. So that's, I believe, why God did that. So the point in that was that he was reminding me of these people and the fact that I still love them. And um, I highly doubt that they uh, think about me in that, that respect. Like they don't think about reconciliation. They don't think about um, what I'm doing, wondering if I'm okay, that kind of thing, how my life is progressing. Um, of course, I am on Facebook, so they could very well see how my life is progressing without a whole lot of effort, um, but I don't even think they go that length. Um, and so I was thinking about that, and as I was sitting there thinking, just briefly, that they never really loved me, God showed me, like, imagine he asked me how I feel about my creation, and the fact that their response most of the time is definitely not love. Um, so I was thinking about that, and so here is the message of this podcast. Now, God loves us. We see that in John 3.16. For God so loved the earth that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in Jesus Christ will not perish. They will not die the second death, but will have everlasting life. Now God brought Jesus into this world, allowed Jesus to come down here in the form of a child um, who was both man and God and uh, live a life for us that he was willing to lay down painfully on a cross um, to save us. And that God did that because he loves us. Now we see the Bible also tells us that greater love has no man than that he would lay down his life for a friend. Um, the impressive part about Jesus' sacrifice is that we were not his friends when he died for us. Um, as you can see, he had some loyal followers, but most of them, most of the people that he was laying his life for down for even in that moment were not um, his friends. And 
when before we choose to respond to Jesus Christ and accept him as our Savior, we are not his friends. And yet, he still died for us. So when you think about the love that God has for us and the fact that our responses are on a wide range of the spectrum, it's interesting to read that quote by uh, Mr. Lake, Pastor Lake, and see that um, we are that to God. So... If there is any hard situation in God's earth, that is it, to really passionately love someone and find no response in them. So when you think about people in this world that just avidly refuse to respond to God's love, they refuse to even entertain the idea that there is a God, even though we see in Romans 1 that the world, creation itself, basically cries out in a loud voice that there is a God and gives that, um, that proof in um, in its mere existence. So there's a New York Times article out currently that talks about how um, how beauty is making scientists rethink um, the fact that there is an actual creator. Um, so this is a New York Times article uh, that was published on January 9th, 2019. Now they don't come out and straight up say that God exists because why would they? But um, It's making scientists rethink, and it's the the concept that beauty um, cannot be explained simply through evolution, Um, and the way that we look at beauty and consider things beautiful can't be explained merely by uh, evolution. So if you want to read that, it's at uh, www.newyorktimes, which is N-Y-T-I-M-E-S, dot com, backslash, 2019, backslash, 01 backslash zero nine backslash magazine backslash beauty hyphen evolution hyphen animal dot html now or you can search times article beauty cannot be explained by science and that should bring it up as one of the first results but either way um so if you want to read that article it's really interesting it has a lot of really beautiful pictures in it so if you just want to do it for the pictures have at it But we see that creation is screaming out to the world that there's a God. Now, time is short because uh, the world is falling apart. Just as uh, the Bible predicts, we have things that are going on and happening that are leading to the culmination of everything where Jesus Christ will actually return to the earth and, uh, you know, do all the stuff that's going to happen in Revelation that I'm not going to talk about here. But time is short and we are at a place where uh, people need to make a decision. Now, ultimately... Um, you, if you are still alive, you still have the opportunity to accept Jesus Christ as your Savior and to, of course, um, be made right with God because the only way to be made right with God is Jesus Christ. Now, some of you might be wondering why I'm suddenly like really on this uh, Christian uh, track. I've My podcast has always been Christian, but it's usually not as urgent and I have a feel I just believe that God is at a place right now in my life where uh, he is urgently asking me to take some stands and to uh, be more of a voice for him than a voice for myself so that's why a lot of my podcasts now are about the glory of God because he is everything to me and without him I would not be here today and that's the honest truth so uh, even on my most difficult day Uh, my darkest, most horrible days, I always have Jesus Christ, and I can get through my days because of that. Um, I feel like 
there's been a transition as if you've listened, if you listen to the next, the first couple of podcasts before this one, or I should say the last couple of podcasts before this one, if you listen to those, you'll notice that there's a little bit of a trans, trans, um, I was going to say transgression, and that is so not the right word. There's, I'm just going to use the word journey. There's a little bit of a journey that takes place where God was leading me to a place. And um, just to recap briefly, the first thing was that I had to accept that, I, I love how I use the word accept for it, but I have to accept that I would never be accepted here on this earth. And that covers every person. Should acceptance ever come from a person? That's pretty awesome. Um and like I, I of course know that my mom accepts me and stuff. So don't don't read too much into this. I'm not saying that no one will ever accept me, and I'm such an isolated person and no one loves me. I'm not saying that at all. Acceptance doesn't even really mean love. I know that I'm loved by people that can't accept certain things that I stand for or can't accept uh, what I believe. And I get that, and that's that's fine. I mean, we we live the same way, right? There's people out there that they are totally against God, so we can't accept the fact that they're against God, but we still love them and we respect them. And we uh, aren't shoving our religion, hopefully, and our beliefs in their face, um, forcing them to believe as we believe. But when God explained to me that uh, I will never be accepted here, that I just need to rest in his acceptance of me and just and then just enjoy relationships without seeking the acceptance of them, um, that kind of freed me up significantly. And then from there, uh, later came the podcast that has a whole lot of rambling and then a very important point at the end. And that point, summed up very nicely without a lot of detail, is that I deserve the best. And so do you. If you're God's child, you deserve the absolute best. Now, people are going to be like, oh, if I'm not God's child, I don't. And quite frankly, no, because we are fallen creation and uh, we are rebellious sinners and we are innately evil within ourselves. We have very dark hearts. And uh, the only reason I deserve the very best is because I belong to Christ. Now, if you're not a Christian, you can take that or leave that. That's your prerogative. Um, so, you know, you don't have to like totally agree with me and it's fine. Um, but as a Christian, as a believer, I deserve the very best. And that is what I'm going to accept. I am not going to settle for less. So, um, I really do feel like I've had a couple of struggles the last few days with my attitude and God has really been helping me to, he's like, why are you being cranky? Why are you getting frustrated? Why are you having this attitude uh, to snap me out of it? And, but I've noticed, like I was saying uh, Tuesday night when uh, our first weekday service happened, I was talking to one of the other attenders and I, I said, or attendees, if you will, I said uh, that I feel like the sun is brighter and I really do. I feel like the sun is a lot brighter right now. Um, and even today, as I was walking, I was like, it's a beautiful day. Um, the sun was actually out, which is rare in Shanghai. And, and it was a bright day. It was a little warm, a little on the warm side, but it was a beautiful day. And at one point I was walking, I could see like, uh, even just by my apartment, there were like flowers that have always been there. But just today I wanted to stop and take photos. I didn't just kept walking. Um, but I was like, oh, it's the sunlight shining on them. And then, uh, when I got near my work, uh, there's some palm leaf type trees uh it's probably not the yeah palms are are the ones yeah so that works don't think like palm tree like california but like palm leaves um and because the sun was shining there's there was a very intricately beautiful shadow and i kind of wish i'd stop and take a photo of that as well and i didn't kind of slacking um but there was a beautiful shadow of these leaves on the ground and i was like wow it's beautiful so um 
that's how like life is with Christ. Like you could be in the middle of a rainstorm, but you'd still find beauty because you have him to show you where the beauty is. So um, what's the point? What's the point of this podcast? The point of this podcast is simply that, that you are loved by God and that um, that love never wanes or fades or lessens. As long as you're on this earth, you have the opportunity to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and live a life with God. It's not an oppressive life. It's not a dark life. A lot of people don't want to live for God because we as Christians have reflected him poorly. We have been very poor mirrors of who Jesus Christ is, and that's on us. Um, Many catch on, and they learn how to not be a religious, Bible-thumping, abusive person, but some don't, and that's human nature. I'm not excusing what they do, um, especially these really aggressive groups that take religion to an extreme in Christianity and shout hate messages to the world, stand on street corners and declare people going to hell and things like that, um, protest at funerals, all of that stuff. I don't agree with any of that, um, and I don't condone that in any way, shape, or form. I just want you to consider the fact that that is not Jesus Christ. Um, If you look at the Bible, the only time Jesus Christ ever uh, did anything violent was when he threw the money lenders out of the temple. And the reason he did that was because they were turning the temple into a den of thieves and they were ripping off the parishioners, the attendees. They were basically using fake measure. They were giving, selling them flawed sacrifices because um, they used to do animal sacrifices. Um, so that kind of thing. So they were basically not only using the church to make money, but they were ripping off uh believers, and you never want to do that, as Jesus shows us in the Bible with his actions regarding that. You never want to mess with God's people, um, and that includes the Israelites. Uh, Israel, you don't want to mess with Israel, so just know that for a fact. That's just, that's for free. Um, so if you, as long as you're still alive, you have the opportunity to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and I highly recommend that you do so. Now, I've always wanted to believe that God would allow something in the end in heaven and just kind of be like, you know, uh, you weren't given a fair shake because you were abused and mistreated by my people. uh, And, um, you know, you weren't really, they didn't represent Christianity very well. And then the the world fed you with all these lies and untruths and you just kind of went along with them. And so now is your opportunity before judgment to accept Christ. Um, But it's really interesting to me that I once told God that like, I was really struggling with something. And I, I told him, God, I just I kind of wish you were more, and he goes, and he responded and said, merciful, and it just, coming from his mouth, just totally showed me how foolish, how absolutely foolish it is for me to expect him to be more merciful than he is, because how can he possibly be more merciful? He sent his own son to come and live a life and die for us, painfully on the cross, um, and we live our lives down here rejecting Christ. And yet, we then we want, like, a last stab at it after we die. Uh, so it's really blasphemous and bold of me to expect such a thing. Yet, I do not limit the grace of God. However, I would not encourage you to wait until your deathbed, or which you may not even have. Some of us are taken very quickly. Or I would not challenge you to believe that there's an opportunity after to accept Christ as your Savior because the Bible does not tell us there is. And like I said, how can I ask God to be more merciful when he's totally embodies mercy and everything that he's done has been merciful? 
And it's hard for people to see that, especially if they're against God or if they've had some bad stuff happen in their lives that they want to blame God for. But we always have to remember the human element. The reason that you're able to reject God is because he doesn't mess with your free will. And that's the same thing with anybody else in this world. So it's an unfortunate truth that people can harm us because God does not mess with our free will. Now, God will orchestrate situations, and he can do divine interventions. I'm not... uh, discrediting that. But then we also have to look at uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And when they went into the furnace, they went into the furnace prepared to die. Although they knew that God could, and he did, deliver them from those fiery flames. They were willing to die if he chose not to deliver them. And we as believers need to face that. That's where we get those questions like, well, if God was good, why is this happening? Um, It's because he doesn't mess with mankind's free will. And as much as we want to say, well, God, you could stop this killer. Well, why would we allow uh, someone else's free will to be messed with when we don't want our own free, ma- free will messed with? If we don't want God to force somebody to love him, then we have to accept the consequences of that truth. And God doesn't want to force us to love him either. So it's, it's a moot point to even talk about it because it's not something he's even considering messing with our free will because he's merciful and gracious and he wants us to come to him on our own. So that's the challenge of this um, podcast, is to know that you are deeply loved by God, the God of all creation. Um, As Romans 1, like I said, tells us, it screams his name. Um, It screams that there's a creator. And the fact that we want to sit there and believe that this all happened because there was an explosion in space. Now, God could very well have created an explosion to create the earth. Very, very well could have. But... His, I think he just lovingly formed everything because he's God, and that's he takes delight in creating things. So um, the fact that we sit there and believe that there was like something that crawled out of the primordial ooze and then suddenly evolved into thousands upon billions upon trillions of creations just from one single-celled organism is pretty insane. Um, if you look at the intricacies of creation just in general, it's pretty insane to believe it evolved into this magnificent thing that we see before us. And it's just not feasible. I like that people say, you know, the chances of this actually happening in an evolution standpoint is an explosion occurring in a scrapyard and creating a B-52 bomber. In other words, it's not going to happen. Um, or, you know... It's having a monkey-type Shakespeare. Not going to happen. Um, I think it was actually, because that's like more of a jokey thing. I think it was actually the uh, an explosion happening in like a uh, printing factory and creating a dictionary. I mean, the chances of those things happening are slim. And yet people will be like, well, that's insane. Why would you say such a thing? Well, so is evolution. It's insane. But once again, I'm a Christian. So you got to take it with that grain of th- grain of salt, so don't get offended. It's very easy to get offended. I I find it very interesting how uh, people can mock Christ, and they do. They can mock God and use his name in vain, and they do, all the time. And we're not allowed to be offended by that, because if we are, then we're, we're like um, hypocrites, but that's not the word they use. I'm trying to think of it, but whatever. If we get offended by anybody mocking Christ, mocking God, then we're we're intolerant, and we're we're oh, of course, they're going to get bothered because they're angry Christians and blah, 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 blah. But um, in truth, they can, we say anything about, like, not believing in evolution and suddenly, like, we've offended the whole fracking world. And I'm sorry to use that word, but it's true. Uh, If we say we don't agree with your lifestyle, then we're homophobic. If we say that we don't uh, 
agree with abortion, then we're hate mongers. Uh, if we make any kind of stand biblically, then we're we're using religion to to be hateful. But you can say whatever you want about us, and we have to accept it. But we can't say anything about society that we don't agree with, and we're because otherwise we're intolerant and we're bigots. So you guys, it's just it's an interesting thing. I know a lot of you don't look at it like that because you're probably on the other side of the coin. But if you really took a time, took some time and really observed some things, now there are things that go on that Christians do that are not godly. And um, like I said earlier, but there are things that, that human beings as Christians do under the name of Christ that are not legitimately biblical and they're not necessarily uh, what God would want. And so I'm not talking about that. But I'm saying like the fact that they want to even, and I believe in Canada it already is illegal, to read certain scriptures because they're offensive to people's lifestyles. Um, they, the fact that that can go on, yet somebody can uh, make uh, the Virgin Mary in a bikini, and that's considered art, or uh, that they can um, put a crucifix in pee, and that's considered free expression. <laughs> so it's just, to me, it's just interesting, the double standard. And, and like I said, not to defend hate speech, but just in the light of, if you look at how, and this was not intended to happen, so I don't know why I'm saying all this, but uh, how we're not allowed to make statements because they hurt feelings and offend people. Um, but they can mock God all they want and insult Christ all they want and use his name in vain and uh, draw cartoons of, that are offensive and write things that are offensive. I once had a drama teacher um, after I expressed that uh, Jesus Christ Superstar is not biblical, and I would like to be able to briefly share at the end of that performance that this is not biblical, um, that, you know, God is, uh, will not be mocked, this is not God's plan. He decided impromptu to do a monologue where God spoke to an undertaker and told him that Jesus Christ wasn't his son, and that was okay for him to do that, but it was not okay for me to express the fact that all of that's a lie. <laughs> so, and that was years ago. That was back in like 1990. Uh, let's go with five or six. It was one of those years. Turned me off the drama forever. But anyway, well, not forever. But <laughs> public school drama, yes, indeed. Um, I just digress, which is horrible. But uh, I just want to say this. If for any reason any of my podcasts offend you, um, look at yourself first. I say that... Uh, as I say that to myself, if anything happens in the world that I, I live in and it offends me, I have to look at myself first. Why is it offensive to me? Is it offensive because um, there's truth in what's being said? And so my soul is like offended that they're right when I feel like they shouldn't be right? Or am I offended because uh, there's a legitimate uh, thing that's been wrong, been happening? So, um, Basically, like, people will mock God, they will mock religion, they will, they will mock me, they'll mock what I believe, and I choose to just be like, okay. Now, I do get annoyed sometimes, but I, I just go, okay, God, they're lost, they're unsaved, and they hate you. And so, which is, once again, ironic, because if you hate somebody that doesn't exist in your mind, he doesn't exist, right? You're totally wasting your time, and why would you do that? So, anyway. <laughs> um... But uh, so I can usually just usually shrug it off. Uh, for me, I think it's more hurtful when someone uh, that knows me really well uh, disrespects what I believe. Um, I think that's when it's more when I become it becomes more offensive to me is when it's like you know that I stand for this, and 
and yet you're still choosing to, you know, spit in my face, essentially. But even then, I'm able to just kind of move beyond it because I am accountable for what I do and I'm accountable for what I feel. And so if I'm going to be offended all the time, I would never not be offended. Does that make sense? So if anything I say offends you, like I said, look at yourself first. This is like got way off topic. And this is why I'm having such a hard time doing this one because I keep going off topic. And I'm sorry. I just, I kind of jumped off on that rabbit trail. And now let's just get back to the point. The point is there is a God. The point is he loves you. And as long as you're still breathing, you can accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Now you're probably wondering, after that whole diatribe about uh, <laughs> offensive things like not believing in evolution, oh, how could she say that? Uh, <laughs> then then uh, um, you're probably just like, what the heck am I even listening to this for? Honestly, I don't know. If you're still listening, that means that God is tugging at your heartstrings and... Uh, if you're feeling any kind of anger and resentment, that means that your flesh is battling the call that God has put on your heart to accept Jesus Christ as your Savior. And that'll happen any time that um, someone's speaking truth and uh, you're resistant to hearing it. You're going to have that uh, tug in your spirit um, where God is gently calling your spirit to accept it and your flesh is trying to keep control. And so uh, it's an uncomfortable, it's a painful thing. And, uh, you know, we've all been there. So you just got to accept accept that it's going to feel that way whenever you hear about Christ because your soul and your spirit long to be reunited with God and your flesh longs to keep itself well-fed and, and comfortable. So it's going to do everything it can to keep you from uh, turning to Christ. It just will. Um, so point being... You're loved. You have three, you essentially have three responses. One, you can ignore this and go on with your life um, until the next time you hear someone tell you that God loves you and then you have to make that choice again. Um, two, you can meh, lightly accept it and just kind of shrug and go on with your life. Um, eventually, God will wear you down um, or you'll die. Because, <laughs> I mean, we're all going to die. That's what it says about this world, right? You're never going to, you don't make it out alive. Don't take it so serious. No one's making making it out alive. Uh, we all die. We all have a, there's a day and an hour appointed for each of us. And uh, when we get to the other side, uh, God will be there, whether you believe in him or not. And you will stand before him, whether you believe that or not. And the Bible says every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. So when you stand before him that day, if you have not accepted Christ as your savior before death, you will undeniably know that God is real, and so is Jesus, and all of the truth will flood your soul, and you will fall on your knees and proclaim that Jesus Christ is Lord, but it'll be too late, so there's that caveat, um, but you will say it, it will, though, that will come out of your mouth, uh, you don't have to believe me, <laughs> you don't, it's, it's truth, it's gonna happen, whether you believe it or not, um, but once again, neither here nor there, uh, the urgency that God has when he's calling us to come back, to come to him through Jesus Christ, to accept him through his son, um, it's pretty pressing. Um, I don't know. I don't know what words to speak because I'm not talking to you individually. Um, usually that you can engage in that conversation and actually know uh, the questions that a person has or the qualms or the unbelief and lovingly address those things. Uh, since I'm not there, all I can tell you is that I'm speaking the truth. <laughs> it's up to you to decide if you believe it or not, and then go from there. 
So uh, the third response, because I said there were three, is, of course, to believe that what I'm telling you is true and to accept Jesus Christ as your Savior. Um, and then to live a life where you begin to take on his character. That doesn't mean you change. It doesn't mean that it affects your personality. It just means that you start to act more like Christ. And I wish more of us Christians did that, myself included, um, because that is ultimately what we should be doing. Um, we're supposed to be Christ-like. And that way we could currently and accurately reflect who he is and not cause harm like we have been. And so um, on behalf of myself, I apologize. I can't apologize for the actions of others, even though I don't agree with them, because it's on them to apologize. But I do apologize for the, the way that I poorly reflect my Savior, because he's wonderful. And if I could truly reflect him as he is, uh, people would flock to him in droves, because he's amazing. Um, but yeah. So it's up to you now. We're coming to the end of this segment. I'm not quite sure because it's already 30 minutes if I will throw another segment in there. But maybe when I'm walking to the metro tonight, I will uh, record something random and fun. Maybe. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, but I just want to encourage you to uh, take a minute if your response is the third response where you're finally going to let your spirit win over your flesh and let your soul uh Sigh in relief that uh, you're ready to accept Christ as your Savior. I'm going to say a prayer. Just repeat after me um, if you're interested. If not, uh, you could probably skip about a minute of this. So maybe go back to, uh, give it a minute and a half, uh, 35 minutes into this podcast, and I should be done with the prayer. Uh, just repeat after me. Lord Jesus, I repent of my sins. I know that I am a sinner. I am grateful for your constant pursuit. I am grateful that you've never given up on me. Lord Jesus, I am in need of you as a Savior. Please come into my heart. Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Bring me into right relationship with God. Set me free from this world and my flesh. Bring me peace and comfort. Lord Jesus, I thank you for your mercy and your grace. I ask all this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. And that's very simple. And so um, uh, if you prayed that prayer, uh, the first thing you need to do is go out and tell somebody that you prayed that. Um, because the devil is going to lie to you right away and try to rob that because he doesn't want to lose you. The devil hates you. Uh, he hates all of us. So uh, the first thing he's going to try to do is make you believe you didn't really repent and just go on with your life. But you accept Jesus Christ in your heart. If you're genuine about it, he's there. And so tell somebody. Uh, celebrate that and um, make sure people know that you've done that because it's important. So uh, that is going to pretty much wrap up um, this segment. If you uh, prayed that prayer, um, I highly recommend that you find a church church. Uh, Make sure it's a church that is biblically sound. If you're a new believer, that's going to be kind of hard, but you can ask people on Facebook in your area, or you could just kind of, uh, you can pray. God will show you. Um, that He'll show you which church to go to, believe it or not. Uh, you just have to be patient and, and uh, start to learn to listen for his voice. Um, but uh, I highly recommend Pentecostal churches. Um, 
That's my personal preference. Assemblies of God are really good, and they're pretty much everywhere. So if you're looking for a specific kind of church, you can always search for an Assemblies of God church near you. I highly recommend Assemblies of God. Do remember that when you start attending church, you are dealing with people, and we are all flawed. We are all imperfect. You're going to have good days. You're going to have bad days. Being a Christian doesn't mean that we float on fairy clouds and never have any problems. Um, the first little while while you, you're newly saved, you're going to float on little fairy clouds and have very little problems because that's how God incubates you. Um, he kind of puts a hedge around you, but then he slowly has to let things back in because otherwise we'd become spoiled little babies and we'd never be able to deal with anything. And everybody would get saved if we all got to live in little bubbles of happiness because they'd be like, wow, they never have any problems. <laughs> um, we have to face things because that's how we get refined and how we begin to take on the character of Christ because we have to respond in a Christian way. So there you go. Um, but yeah, uh, just to wrap up, uh, don't forget about the new email address, which is htal.podcast at gmail.com. Uh, H for Hefzibah, T for talks, A for A, and L for lot. Hefzibah talks a lot. There you go. And period. Yeah, not not the word dot. So H-T-A-L dot podcast at gmail.com. And send your comments, send your thoughts, uh, and send some topic ideas, and I can try to make new podcasts. I'm planning to do a little research on a couple things. Um, and then I want to try to do, like, brief vocabulary corner because I'm trying to increase my vocabulary. And so I can share a couple things. Um, and if you want to take on some new words, uh, to increase your vocabulary, then that'll be a fun little thing. But though I'm thinking those are just going to be like five-minute segments stuck in randomly. So um, maybe then after I've made enough of them, I can just do one whole segment of my little five-minute segments. But uh, I don't want it to be a whole podcast because I think that'd be boring. <laughs> Plus I ramble. And how can you ramble if you're talking about vocabulary? It's kind of limited. But uh, God bless you. And if you did accept Christ, um, welcome <laughs> to the family. And uh, please send me an email about that. I can send you some resources through the email of um, like common questions or uh, devotionals to read or how to start reading your Bible. I'll just tell you right now, start in the book of John. Uh, people will tell you to start in Genesis, but yeah, don't. Start in the book of John. John is in the New Testament. It's the fourth book, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Um, you can get the Bible app. It's the U version, Y-O-U-V-E-R-S-I-O-N. Um, and then you can have a Bible with you at all times. But um, if you get that, I recommend reading John and just kind of seeing Christ through the eyes of the disciple John because he had a completely different way of seeing Christ. And then you can read Matthew, Mark, and Luke, um, and then just kind of go from there. But um, if you want to email me, I can give you some information, and uh, I can even help you try to find a church in your area. I'm not in your area, but I can... Uh, help you do the research on that. Um, any questions you have, I can answer. If I can't answer them, I'll send them to my pastor in New Mexico and let him answer them <laughs> because he'll know more than me most times. Or I'll write one of my professors and have them answer. I don't know everything. I know I act like I do, but I don't. Uh, so God bless you all. Um, I'm hoping to do something lighthearted. Not like this wasn't, but it was kind of a heavy topic. But um, I'll see if I can do a second segment that's more lighthearted and random. And then I will publish this into the internet world and hopefully uh, 
start getting responses on the email address. So have a wonderful night or day, wherever you happen to be, and God bless. Hello, it's Julie with Hefsaba Talks A Lot, here to talk a lot about nothing or randomness. I was trying to think of something uh, light to talk about, or uh, not necessarily light, but not heavy either, <laughs> so like right in between. Um, I was like, oh, let me talk about limes in China. No, that has a, a tendency to uh, get a little off base. I might share that in a later podcast, but no, let's not do that now. Uh, so, thinking of things that I could talk about, I thought about my favorite jokes. My favorite jokes, that's what this is about. I could have called this segment my favorite jokes, but I didn't. I called it laugh or not, because you probably won't laugh, but still. So let's start with my absolute favorite that I use a lot. I even use it as an illustration a lot of times. Uh, and, like, not to be punny or anything, but it goes right over their heads most times. So, <laughs> you'll laugh later. Um, so, here we go. Um, so, three guys walk into a bar, and the fourth guy ducks. <laughs> My absolute favorite joke. I'm not gonna explain it to you. So, <laughs> just gotta take some time to think about it. Or if you got it right away, bravo for you. But, not gonna explain it. But that was the whole punny right over their head thing. Anyway. <laughs> just in case. Uh, my other favorite joke is not necessarily a joke, but I had a drama teacher. Most of my jokes are from this drama teacher, by the way. His name was Mr. Pokshevensky, not to be confused with Mr. Chavez, who is the drama teacher I mentioned in the segment before this one, or yeah, I should have them in order, so we should be fine. <laughs> I was like, or yeah, no, they will be. So yeah, not to be confused with him, uh, Mr. Pokshevinsky was my drama teacher my freshman year of high school. He was tall, uh, very skinny and blonde, and he was just so funny to me. I don't think everyone else found him as funny as I did, but I thought he was hilarious. Um, so he pointed to a girl's shoes. These were back in like 1994, and uh, her tennis shoes were those canvas cheapy shoes you could buy at Walmart. Not like she had paid cheap shoes, but I'm saying like, just give you a visual, cheapy shoes. And uh, they were ripped on purpose, as we know like jeans are, you know? You pay all this money for jeans that have holes in them. Yeah, these shoes had that same basic look that she paid for. That's why I said they weren't the cheapy ones because she obviously paid for the stylish shoes that are ripped. Not a joke, but you know, if you laughed, good for you. Um, so he pointed to those and said, Euripides? <laughs> uh, I loved that teacher. Uh, so you can look up Euripides if you want to. It's uh, E-U and then the rest, Euripides. I can't spell Euripides. <laughs> Not a joke, just the truth. Uh, so that was another one I really liked. Once again, you either laughed or you didn't. That's fine. Um, so then <clears throat> one of my other favorites is... Uh, has to do, once again, Mr. Pokshevinsky, love that guy, um, gave a, a joke, and it's a play on words, much like the bar one, um, and so he says, uh, so a string walks into a bar, 
and he walks up to the, the counter, the bar, and he sits down on the bar stool and he says, hey bartender, give me a beer. And the bartender looks at him and goes, hey, are you a string? And the string is like, yeah. And the bartender's like, can't you read? And there's a sign behind the bartender that says, no strings allowed. So the string's like, ah, and gets really sad and dejected and he walks out. Then a few days later, another string comes in, sits down on the bar stool and says, hey bartender, give me a whiskey. And the bartender looks at him and goes, aren't you a string? And the string says, yeah. And then he goes, can't you read? And he points to the sign and the string is like, ah, and leaves, right? And then another string comes in. He walks up to the bar. It's a few days later. Sits down and uh, says, hey, bartender, give me a gin and tonic. And the bartender goes, hey, buddy, aren't you a string? And the string says, yes, I am. And the bartender says, can't you read? And the string says, yes, I can. And then leaves. And so a few days later, a string walks into the bar and he looks at the sign behind the bar and he goes into the bathroom and he twists himself and gets himself all worked up and picks at himself and twists himself on all these little crazy little topsy-turvy directions and keeps picking at himself. And then he comes out of the bathroom and he walks up to the bar and he sits down at the bar stool. He says, hey bartender, give me a scotch on the rocks. And the bartender looks at him and squints his eyes. And he says, hey buddy, aren't you a string? And the string looks at him and says, nope, I'm afraid not. <laughs> I'm sorry, I love that joke. <sighs> sorry, that's my absolute favorite, but it takes a long time to tell, as you could see. Uh, I usually rush it. I don't go into that kind of detail, but you're listening to me on purpose. So I'm going to go into detail. But isn't that great? That one cracks me up every time. Nope. I'm afraid not. Oh my gosh. I love that joke. Hi, doggy. There's a doggy. He's a barky doggy. Hello, puppy. <laughs> He's a cutie though. Sorry. Distraction. I get distracted by dogs here. It happens. So yeah. Okay. Next joke because that was not a joke. <laughs> um, okay, so this is a joke my dad told me, and I'm going to leave off the bad language because I'm not going to put the bad language in there. Haha. <laughs> so, there's another bar. Most of these jokes happen at bars. So there's this other bar, and this, this duck, not to be confused with Donald Duck, because Donald Duck doesn't go to bars, and not to be confused with Daffy Duck, because even though Daffy Duck is a rebel, he doesn't go to bars. But there's a duck, and it waddles into the bar and it hops this little white fluffy duck body up on the bar stool and it says hey bartender and the bartender says yeah and the duck goes you got any grapes and the bartender's like no we're a bar we have alcohol we have peanuts we don't have any grapes so the duck jumps down off the bar stool and waddles out the next day around the same time, the duck comes in 
waddles on up to the bar, jumps up on the bar stool, says, hey, bartender. And the bartender looks at him and says, yeah. And the duck goes, you got any grapes? And the bartender's like, I just told you yesterday, no, we don't have any grapes. This is a bar. We don't have grapes. So the, bar the duck jumps down off the bar stool, waddles out. So then the next day, in waddles the duck. And the bartender squints his eyes, stares at the duck as it waddles across the floor and jumps up on the bar stool, settles itself down and looks at the bartender and goes, hey, bartender. And the bartender goes, hey, duck, with his squinty eyes. And the duck says, you got any grapes? And the bartender has at the end of his patience. And he leans on the counter with his elbows and he says, I told you yesterday, and I told you the day before, we don't have any grapes. This is a bar. We have alcohol, we have nuts, no grapes. And he leans really close to the duck's face and he says, if you come in here one more time and ask me for some grapes, I'm gonna nail your webbed feet to the floor. The duck stares at the bartender, the bartender stares at the duck, and then the duck jumps off the bar stool and waddles out. The next day, the bartender is wiping down the bar and the duck waddles in and the bartender just stares at him from across the room. And the duck waddles slowly over to the bar and the duck jumps up on the bar stool, puts his feathered wings on the bar leans really intensely forward and looks at the bartender and says, hey, bartender, with a slight nod of his head. And the bartender goes, hey, duck. And they stare at each other for a minute. <coughs> and then the duck says, bartender, you got any nails? And the bartender stares at the duck for a minute, looks around and says, no, I don't have any nails. Yeah. And the duck, with a quirk of its bill, says, you got any grapes? <laughs> Did you get it? Because he doesn't have any nails. He can't nail his white feet to the floor, right? <laughs> so funny. Once again, I usually tell that a lot shorter. But you're listening to me as I ramble. And so you deserve the full, full force of the joke. And there you go. So yeah, those are some of my absolute favorite jokes. Um, let me try to think of some other ones. I'm really thinking I don't know any more jokes. That's kind of sad. I'm sure I do. So there's like, knock, knock, who's there? No one, no one who. And then there's uh, the knock, knock, who's there, orange. Oh no, banana. That one. Knock, knock, who's there? Banana. Banana who? Knock, knock, who's there? Banana. Banana who? Knock, knock, who's there? Banana. Banana who? Knock, knock, orange. Orange, you glad I didn't say banana. Blah, blah, blah. That one. I'm sure you've all heard. And then there's the, why didn't the skeleton go to the dance? Because they didn't have a body to go with, or he didn't have anybody to go with. However you word that. There's that one. Uh... 
Yeah, my repertoire of jokes are very, very small. I think I'm funny without having to have jokes. But you had the pleasure of hearing some of my best jokes. And really drawn out too. I've never told those jokes that way. So like with the string joke, I actually named alcoholic beverages, which I never do. And then uh, with the duck joke, I put all this emotion into it. I really got into it. I could see it in my head. I could totally see this, this duck. I should try to draw that. I suck at drawing. Maybe I could have Kaylee draw it for me. I would love to have a drawing of the duck. The duck joke cracks me up. Or maybe even the, the string one. The string one would be easier. I should have her draw me a bartender template and then I can just add my elements. Here's my duck. Here's my string. Which isn't really a string. It's a frayed knot, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, so. Yeah. So I hope you enjoyed those jokes. If you have any jokes, I now have a email address for my podcast, which I talked about in the first segment. Um, so if you would like to, you can email me your jokes and I will share them uh, r- either randomly on some random podcast as just a part of the podcast. Or, if I get enough, I will actually do a special podcast of the jokes. Um, If you have small enough files, you might even be able to send me a voice recording of you telling your joke. Uh, My one stipulation will be to keep the bad words to a minimum. I'm not going to say that you cannot use bad words in any of your jokes, but uh, keep them to a minimum. Don't be too crass. Uh, No sexual perverse jokes. Uh, Light sexual innuendo might be okay, but uh, I'd prefer if... Kept them clean. Kept them wholesome. They could be bar-related since all of mine were, but uh, other than that, try to keep them uh, PG or less, um, if possible. I could always do an adult segment if people send me really crass things and just have a disclaimer before it. Uh, But once again, uh, I'd prefer not to. Uh, But, you know, as as my roommate Kaylee says, you do you, and then I can choose not to use your jokes. Huh, that's something I can do. But anyway, the web address, the email address is htal.podcast at gmail.com. H for Hefzibah, T for talks, A for A, L for lot, dot podcast at gmail.com. If you don't like the term dot, say period. You need to know where to look on the on the uh, keyboard. But we now have reached our metro station. So, woohoo, even though I only gave you like four jokes, plus those random, not really funny jokes at the end. I still had enough to make it my whole walk to the metro. So thank you very much. I hope you enjoyed it. Have a wonderful day or night, wherever you are. Thanks for listening. And I look forward to hearing from you in the new email address, htal.podcast at gmail.com. Cheerio!